Hello everyone, I am Jorge Madden and this is the Playa Provides podcast, the space where we talk about Burning Man, 10 principles and amazing stories related to Playa Magic. Today I have a super special guest, the first of all my guests who I actually know very well in person. His name is Ramon Manrique, but from now on, I'm going to call him El Padre, because that's his playa name. He's originally from Colombia. He lives in Sacramento, California right now. In the default world, he's a lawyer who's been working for 20 years in human rights, violence against women, and human trafficking. He also is the CEO of a super interesting project called Clay Hands, uh, which creates community centers in Colombia using traditional construction techniques. He is uh, the CEO of the Three Strands Global Foundation, which is where he is uh, developing this uh, work against human trafficking right now. And for the topic that is going to keep us busy today. His main role, the mayor of Campo Santo, mainly Latin camp where I was for my first four burns. So without further ado, hello, Padre. How are you doing? Hello, Pincha. How are you, man? <laughs> Very good. So he's calling me Pincha. Is my playa name from Campo Santo because of my passion for DJing and... You, you may need to look this up, but the pincha is pinchadiscos, which is the literal translation of this yoga yeah, in Spanish. That's right. That's right. I wanted to do this interview since December when you told me that you had again been to El Hombre en Llamas, which is the Colombian regional burn. Can you describe this a little bit just to warm up? Tell me a little bit of what is El Hombre en Llamas? Hey, well, thank you for asking. I, just, I don't know. I just, we just, uh, I just got back from Colombia um, and had the opportunity to, to visit the Hombre en Llamas, which is a, a local burn, I would call it, in Colombia, in kind of in the Zona Cafetera, like uh, close to Armenia and Pereira, the coffee area uh, in the mountains and and. They, there's a community there trying to do a local burn. And so I got the opportunity. And this is my second time visiting them. I visited them two years ago, too. And, uh, yeah, you can see a vibrant community inspired with the, by the principles that are coming from, from Black Rock City. How many people go to that event? Do you know, more or less, well, the like, numbers? Like, I'll say, like, two years ago, maybe I, I thought of about 500 people were there. And this time, I think maybe 2,000 people were there. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a big raise in numbers. And it's a nice event. I mean, there was a good number of people. They had like stages for like uh, for sound and, and some other music. And they had, it, there's a lot of big trees, massive trees. So they, some of the camps like were close to this, those trees. So you will see big trees and then encampments around those trees it was that was nice they've been tried working around principles in the last be, the few years to improve uh, what they what they started so i think they're doing a great job 
And how how long is it? Is it a week too, or is no, it no, no, no? It's like a, really it's two days. It's a two day thing. Yeah, they start early in the morning and on a Saturday. Camps come one day before. So if you think about the build week, it's just the build day. So people people come from one day, and then it's a two day event, and then they leave in the late Sunday. So they start early Saturday, leave uh, late Sunday. Yeah, but but still, there's a massive communal effort because I have there seen is. some pictures, and for one day, or maybe maybe some of the people that do the stages, they show up there two or three days earlier to bring materials and stuff. Yeah, definitely. For the for the stages, yeah, yeah people came a good number of days before. For the camps, maybe a day, uh, a day. But they were hanging like nice stuff from the trees, so people will just like I don't know, flying all over. Um, it was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah, I that's definitely on my bucket list. Not only because I love Colombia, but even just like a weekend experience, a weekend Burning Man experience. Yep. In Colombia, sounds unbelievable. Yep. And is the crowd mainly Colombian, or is it a I'll, little bit international? Yeah, I'll say, yeah, I'll say there. Are, uh, there's, you know, Colombia has a, a heavy electronic underground scene so so there's a lot of people from colombia and um, that have never been at burning man and uh, many people also local like from the area uh trying to see what what, what it was and, and learning connecting with uh, values that, that come from black rock city in a sense yeah but that's that's something that i think is super interesting is from these local burns is the exposure to to the local people, to the principles, and at a small scale, maybe the leave no trace and the respect to the land and celebrate the beautiful natural landscape where they are having that event. And to be honest, two years ago, I saw a lot more trash in the grounds so at the end, and I was like, oh, kind of, kind of pissed off. And this year they did an amazing job managing the trash. So that was so, it was so, I mean, I was very happy about seeing that. Uh, in fact, I've seen a lot of trash at Burning Man in recent years. So there's some, so that's, that's the other thing that we, we need to continue to talk about as burners in all the communities, uh, how we continue to manage our trash in these events and, 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 and respect, respect the land, respect, respect ourselves. I'm really looking forward to be there. Hopefully 2020. I haven't been in Colombia in a while, but... Yeah, and, and, and then there's so many local burns, but you think the one in Spain, I've heard amazing things about what is going on in Spain. We, I've, I've talked with all the people, all these people from the, from the South African burn, and so there are sparks all over. And I even think I have, we have this friends that come to Camposanto from other places. And I always am telling them, hey, you guys don't have a burn, but you can start a little spark. <laughs> Africa burn, which is the South African regional burn, is actually pretty big. It's 13,000 people annually. Yeah. So it, it is something significant. And I know about a lot of people that go there. And the one in Spain, it's called Nowhere. The Nowhere. And, yeah. and it's in July, the numbers on the interwebs, they say it's around 3,000 people, which is pretty crazy. Yep. It's also, it's also getting pretty big. Definitely interesting to just 
explore a little bit beyond our yeah and Argentina brand. Argentina too so there's there's a there's so many places now it's spark there's spark like you heard like sparks in China so it's interesting yep definitely something that we need to get more into especially if you are there if you live there that's the that's the thing like we are in in the United States you are particularly in Sacramento so you are almost in the backyard of <laughs> the real burning man but if you are in in spain or anywhere near another regional burn support it and give it a go because there's only good things that can come up the burn have their own their own styles and that brings a lot of new new things to to the community to the whole community so it's awesome so just to give people a little bit more background about us, I first met you in 2011. Is that is that the year where Marta's wedding happened in Camposanto? Yeah, I think it was at the wedding. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's that's correct. So 2011 was my virgin year. I was taken to Burning Man by um, a guy that I was working for. I was camping with them at the lemonade stand. And by random chance, one of my good friends from Spain was just getting married there in Burning Man that year. I, I didn't know anything about Burning Man, really. But I, they told me where to go for the wedding. I found the place at the right time. And they introduced me to you as like, well, this is Ramon. He's a lawyer. And he just got the license for Nevada to perform legal weddings in the state. That's right. So that he can be the wedding. And that's yep. where, where we, you know, we, we submitted the, the wedding permit to a place called Lovelock. The, the, the town is Lovelock. The, so, so we send the, the, um, the paperwork there to Lovelock yeah, to get that Lovelock uh, wedding ceremony. Hardcore burners will know Lovelock because it's where a lot of people store their stuff uh, out of season, which is yeah, that's right. Eleven yeah. and a half months a year, it's the Burning Man off season. So that's where your your player name of El Padre comes because you were that's right. I got that player name right there, like Padre, El Padre, El Padre. Yeah, because you were the the priest. Uh, yeah, I was the, the father. Priest. The father. I was officiating. I was officiating the wedding. So, and and that stuck, and that stuck so much that there you go. Like I, I, I think a lot of people don't even know your real name. They probably know you that's, as El Padre. Right. Oh my God! I heard that name so many times. <laughs> there is this weird magic about being in Burning Man, and uh, that things happen. Like you don't know how those hap those things happen, but they happen. They're a little bit we. Uh, they're different from what it happens in the different world. So they and sometimes they stick with you. Like really, they're so weird that you don't understand them. Or they're called almost coincidences that you you associate those with coincidences. So when I thought about uh, your blog and and the, the the real topic, which is Playa provides, I, I thought that like those moments in which magically something happens for you are those things that are so hard to describe from, from being at Black Rock City, but they happen. And, and so I had two. I just, I wrote two as big ones for me, and I, I will tell this story really fast. One was La Chica del Ala del Avión, so that, that translates into the girl that 
was in the in the wing of the plane. And we went for a walk one night uh, with all, I think that we were seeing, we were with uh, pure conmates, mostly with conmates from Camposanto. So we went out and we went to see a city. We wanted to see the tent and the two and we rode bikes and things like that. And, but we were at the end of 10. We were to, to, at the end of 10 towards the corner, like went at the end of that part of the city and the plane was there. So the plane was, that was like two or three years ago. The 747 was right there. Yeah, so yes, yes. Let, me, let me make a, a, a brief uh, interlude. So like for people who may not have been oh, to yeah. Burning Man or understand this, yeah. they, when we're talking about 10, that's uh, how you navigate Burning Man. Uh, we have explained that in, in other episodes, but Burning Man, is like the city is set up like a circle. It's like a clock. So if you think about the the 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m., 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, as the, the times on the clock, that, that's kind of the side of the city where uh, Padre is talking about. And that the center of that clock is the man. And also the plane that you're talking about, it's a massive, uh, it's kind of like the front, the cabin of a real, a Boeing seven four seven plane with with wings now. Like I think they put some well, like pieces. Yeah, it it, it is like half the plane by half, now. Yeah, half eventually. Yeah, and it's crazy because when you actually go inside a plane and fly and stuff, uh, you know, it doesn't look as big. Like when you actually see a seven four seven from the ground in real life and get close to it it's a it's massive so keep keep going so you were there you were around 10, yeah so we, we, we went there we kind of this is a place where there is no like have or like two of your cardinal co coordinates are is open desert so you see all the open desert at night but right in front of it from you you have a 747 and um, we're walking right there and there is this girl coming in distress. She's coming towards us. We were like a big group. We were drinking. We we're just having fun. And she's in distress. She's like looking for someone or either lost or something. She's like, I lost my friend. I, I don't know. She was speaking fast. She was like just in distress. And I'm joking. I like, it was a joke. I was just like trying to, in a sense, making, I was not helping her right away. My idea was, I said, have you looked there? And I pointed to the wing of the plane and her friend was there sitting. Like she looked at that and then her girl, her, she was lost from her friends, but in the wing, in the tip of the wing, what I pointed out as a joke. Yeah, like, like you were definitely not expecting them to be her friend on, was on. right there sitting and they look at each other and they were so happy. <laughs> they were so happy. And she was like screaming at me and like, oh my God, you did it. And she went off with the plane and found her friend. So that was a really good one. And everybody, we all there, we were like, oh my God, you, you just did that. You just found her friend. Yeah, you're the, you're the friend finder. Like, where, <laughs> yeah. am I, where am I friend? That was, a, that was a good story. That is a little bit of Playa Provides as I feel it. Like, because those things happen. Like, those things happen yeah. at Burning Man all the time. 
you know, yeah, it's like she she's completely lost. She goes to a total stranger, explains the problem, and the total stranger willingly or not willingly. Not, just, I'm just telling you, it. I was not I, when I did it. It was not. I remember because when I did it, it was not that I knew it. It was just kind of in a because there was a plane because there was a 747 there. I think that, that I did it. Like, oh, have you checked the 747? Wow. And yes, there, she was in the 747. And the next one is more personal. So it's El Robot Fuente de Agua en la Playa Profunda. And that was probably my third year or maybe my second year. And I do the same, the thing that you don't do. Like I went to, to the deep playa without water. And I walked kind of a sunrise, but you know, in, in an hour or two immediately, where it's different, you're thirsty. Probably I was looking for, for Robo Heart, which was one of their first years. It was a very different boss. And I was just freaking thirsty trying to come back to camp, and, which the camp Camposanto at that time was a tent. Camposanto used to be in that street that is a lot, there is a lot of sound. And so it was easy when you go to, from the open playa to the tour, the tent, you can, it's easy, it's a good ride. It's easy. I mean, you're, you're not that lost, but it was long and I was thirsty. So I'm thirsty, I'm just feeling thirsty. And then there is this um, water fountain, like the ones that you find in a zoo or in a park that you press and you get some water or in a school. Yeah. And so the water fountain approach, approach really was approaching me like a robot. <laughs> a robotic water fountain and I, I press the thing, I drink some nice water and the thing leaves like a drink of the water. <laughs> that was like it, was, a... it was cold water and the thing continues like it's, it's, it's path or driving around. And I was just trying to look who's driving this thing. And I associated that with maybe other things. And I thought, Oh, maybe I imagined that. And then some, like a couple, a year or two later, I figure out that in YouTube, someone filmed the thing. And I uh, remember that. I was like, oh my God, I, dra I, I drank from that fountain when I was very thirsty. So you, you saw it in YouTube or something, but, but was it remote controlled? Like, do, do they have like an actual robot that just goes around I, looking for I people? I think that when in the YouTube thing, it's someone that filmed and it was not as clear. It didn't solve that question for me. Like if, who, who, who was operating the yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing well yeah i don't know who was operating that thing but maybe someone i had all their robotic because two years ago or three years ago there was the robotic theme i danced with a robot oh yeah i would actually like to find that video where you're dancing yeah. we should post it and, and put a link that was two years ago the theme was yeah. what? What was the name of the of the theme? It was the, the it was bro, ro, I robot I, I, I robot I yeah. robot yeah. yeah again yeah. Burning Man organization giving us the weirdest things to work with. The when you say I robot in Spanish, it's almost like a question. It's a yeah. question if there is if there yeah. is a is robot. there is there a robot or not? Yeah, is there a robot or not? Yeah. I robot. Uh, that's in Spanish, or it can also be like I, like like in Spanish the inter interjection I. It's it's very you know it's like oh my robot. Yeah. 
let's explain people what Camposanto is. Just okay. give me your spiel about Camposanto, and then I'm going to give a real Playa Provide story of what to find in Camposanto. Well, I'll, I'll say there is a, a cliche or like a, like a little thing that we always say, or I heard many people say it, it, it doesn't come from me. Uh, that Camposanto is an oasis of salsa in a in an ocean of electronic music, or something like that. That's beautiful. I would make T-shirts with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. I, I heard that phrase, yeah, uh, and it's not mine, but I do use it. I do use it. <laughs> yeah, and good. yeah. What we do is we're a bunch of Latinos. It, it is a big challenge to bring Latinos together. Uh, uh, with, from many different cultures because we are really Latinos from many places. Uh, uh, you have people from Chile, from the Canary Islands, from France, from Brazil, from Argentina, from Bolivia, from Ecuador, from Colombia, from Venezuela, uh, from Panama, from Mexico, Salvador, uh, Venezuela, Ecuador, yeah, and know. and the and the eventual gringo wannabe Latino because people a from bunch, the, a bunch <laughs> whoever yeah. comes to Camposanto, even if they are hardcore original American, yeah. they want to be Latino, hundred percent. No, they they tend to speak better Spanish than than the, all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> so it's diverse, but it's also when you bring people from those places, the challenges for coming for to Black Rock City for some I'm from Chile, from Canary Islands, from Ecuador, it, they're a lot different from when you come from Nevada or from San Francisco or from LA. They have to pipe light and they have to. Well, make it well so it's it's very hard for people to come to Black Rock City when they are not from the local areas it adds adds to the equation at least big time in Camposanto what we do is we, we assist the, the make the thing happen too. so that brings a really nice melting pot of a bunch of Latinos from so many places and and American in love with the, the culture high points of the camp you have the sancocho oh yeah that's this colombian soup that has a little bit of everything in it meat fish veggies whatever it is and it's delicious it's even better the day after it was done and even better two days after it was done when there's any left and you have been out and about with very little sleep so and very little very little food we've been we've been cooking this, that sancocho for some good years uh, but I did it now. Remember that we started talking about uh, the the local burn. I we we just did two sancochos like each year, and uh, next to the river in the local burn in Colombia, it went well. But we what we do is we try to do a sancocho either on Wednesday or uh, on Thursday in Campo Santo, and that what it does is a nice soup to bring bring the people back to to have power for the last two or three days of the week. The football, we play football or soccer, uh, as they call it here in the United States, um, every afternoon. And, and we've been doing that, the beer in hand soccer, 
Exactly. Is, That's what I was going to say. Like, it's not yeah. regular soccer. It's beer in hand soccer. Like, you need to have... hand soccer. You get a card if you don't have a beer in your hand. We even have a, a, a fake beers uh, for the kids if they want to play. Yeah, it needs to be a, a beer. It needs to be at least half full. In fact, we do get a lot of kids. There are so many kids that come to play, but do, we don't provide beer to the kids, of course. But we provide uh, beer to the adults and the parents and everybody. So it's, it's a very fun family event. A lot, lots of people come to play. Yeah, it is on the Bernie Man event book. Oh, yeah, they, I think they put it, but sometimes we're lazy and we don't send the information. But it's every year we do it. So it's not, if, it, if it's not in the book, you can always go. But when it's in the book, I have seen people as if they were really attending the biggest yeah. meeting. Or This is something that I cannot miss. But you just do your event, and if people come, good. If they don't come, then that's also good. Is is what do you try to do in Burning Man? Yeah, but it, I in 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 my experience in in Campo Santo through the years. Oh yeah, it's, right. a, it, it's something that we always do it. And, and remember, I don't know if you remember, with but I got these balls once to do it with uh, add kerosene to the balls and play fire. <laughs> Fire soccer. Oh, fire. <laughs> I continue to write now that we should do it. Continue to do it, but it's the, most, the worst, most dangerous thing ever. But we yeah. play football. That's what we do. We play football. Everybody is welcome. We just give them beers and and. <laughs> but I remember the the fireball, not the shot, but an actual ball in fire soccer. Just being, yeah. beer, a ball like that can hat. just burn our archangel so because yeah. the archangel is made of wood on the side so uh, the, no, no, no more fireballs are in, around Campo Santo. Yeah well maybe maybe who knows. Yeah maybe maybe. Never, never say never. Playa, we can take <laughs> into open playa. Yeah, yeah. We can do it in open playa. Then the, the next thing that you have here besides Sancocho and football is the like you you kind of write a little bit about about the kinds of uh, Latin music. You have salsa, you have <laughs> merengue, and then you have uh, like in in quote marks like like in, like in a little corner, a little thing you have balada. So please, that's the one thing you do. Like we don't speak all the time or very often, but yeah. I, like every now and then you just send me the craziest songs with the saddest or deepest or or the most profound lyrics in spanish which are these sad baladas so let's just tell me a little bit about that and tell everybody about your about your personal music event that you try to do every yeah, year this, this, this. This is awesome that you're just giving me this opportunity <laughs> <laughs> to promote my event. <laughs> no, no, so, no, Campo Santo is, is, as I said, like a noisy of, of uh, salsa and Latino music. Uh, really, we call it salsa, but now it's reggaeton and merengue and, and whatever nice music you can uh, move, your, move your hips in a different rhythm. And we played really nice music there. And, but besides all that music that I've been loving, I used to really not like all that that much, maybe salsa and merengue, and then I loved it so much. I started to see some of the lyrics of the sad songs in Spanish, and they were always so ridiculous, super ridiculous. Like the things that they say, are ridiculous and in insanity it was cheesy it's kind of artistic I, I was like oh my god it's amazing that they say that and I started to feel about the saddest 
moments because I probably this because of the same things that I've worked in my life, I've seen so much pain and sadness that I was feeling always connected with sad music and he listening all these super sad songs and that included all the balas. These balas, you can hear them in Colombia, they're super heavy. I'm originally from Colombia, from Bogota. In Colombia, there is this thing about class that some people that have money, they have a lot of service, people that work in your house. And, and these people that work in your house, they put this music. So this is the music that it sounds in the, in the nice houses or in the nice families. So it's very sad music and it's balas. And they, they call it plancha in Colombia, which is ironing. Um, <laughs> yeah, because just like... Phew. That's the service, like the music that the service. Uh, While well, they're, well, they're ironing for two hours and they're listening. To yeah, the man, and I, I, I have so many challenges now. The class system, because one thing is when you relate people around money, when you classify everybody around money, or one thing when you classify them out class in, in these class markers that are non-existent but existent is weird. It's, yeah, I, I have issues about, around class markers. And now I'm going to tell you what your event is. And so I took all these sad songs. I made a playlist, my, my playlist of the sad songs. And I sent, submitted that to the Burning Man organization a request to have a party on Tuesday, early, early Tuesday morning. Sunrise. And, sunrise. And the sunrise, just to put my saddest songs there. And I took Chiva because we had the infrastructure. A small music vehicle at sunrise, which plays the saddest music you've ever heard. You yep. start the day with your left foot. But this, it's a way to liberate, to uh, leave all the sadness behind and then be ready for the party. Kind of, that's how I see it. And, and it works well uh, there for me. So, um, no, and, and I agree, I agree 100%. Like there are many times in life where you're just sad and you need to be sad because it's something sad has happened to you. And if you know some sad music that you can be sad to, that makes it yep. very sad, but very satisfying. Like it is like, I am sad. I'm hating this right now. Yep. But, but it makes that sadness pretty sweet. So it's like, I'm just like reading some of these lyrics of the last one that you say, like, I'm just going to translate it like a paragraph. It is like only to have a concept. It's just like, the letter says, wait for me. The time will pass. One year is not a century and I'll be back. Oh, how hard it is to live without your love. <laughs> okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this, uh, Pincha. Uh... <laughs> That how I see it, I interpreted about coming back to Burning Man. Exactly. My when I leave Burning Man, I feel that song so much. Really, I'm telling you, like yeah, I feel that song because I want to go back to the to the, the burn. Yeah, a year is not a century, and I yep. will be back. Yep. Like be like I'm I'm almost there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, can I tell you a little story? So my, my first burn, I went with a person called Banana Man in my, in my truck. In my, we were in a, in a Volkswagen, I think. 
and he was my co-pilot but he he knew about Bernie Man so he he was my guide <laughs> yours well I know Banana Man and to to have Banana Man as your as your Bernie Man spirit yeah. guide that's a trip that's pretty good yeah it, it was good and in and, and all the burn and everything went well and again i had my best burn probably was my first but when we we're out he we're driving that Volkswagen that i'm telling you and he pulls up we're in the in the line out we're in the line out he pulls up this this notepad and he starts to write shit about for next year at the door <laughs> like what <laughs> what to improve what do he was making notes you know like, oh. time to waste yeah that's banana and I, yeah. but i could at that moment i couldn't understand it i i i really i couldn't understand that i was like what is he doing you were just processing <laughs> yeah it was my first burn i was still a virgin so i couldn't figure out why he's planning next year already <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Like, and, and, and it's also related to, to that feeling that I was talking about that you get right after leaving Burning Man. I really feel that I have a rocket strapped to my back and I have so much energy and creativity and, and, and you're ready to, to give all this energy that you just got to everybody there. Yeah. And so, people, and, and it takes time to, get used to how you do it because at the beginning you go you come very energized to tell almost to oh i want someone has a tire uh, a, a damaged tire you go and try to help him no 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 you have to understand that you have to use your energy in other places and you move it you move, if people start to feel it i think that it's good it's good how we we can bring some of those values of helping each other right away without uh, the need for compensation or how we can build better communities all there's many things that that come from the burn they're part of the court and principles like communal effort gifting and when when we talk about and then and then a free economy like just because when you have that free economy is you don't really spark deep different things and and the free economy experiment is a, it's a short week for for a free economy and free economy is not that everyone's going to giving you shit because burning man is not all, all about that yeah people give you a lot of stuff but you have to be a radical self-reliant you have to have your own stuff so it, it is an interesting game and that we don't get to play in the real world or in the how do we call it the burners the, in the default world so um, i like it i like the sociological aspects how people relate like people relate in very different ways you're not presenting yourself as being part of something or having something or being part of a class or having this money you're it's a very interesting way to relate each other and, and that i think that it makes us very happy when we get there i, I don't know each person has a his own road but when you look when I got my first time to Burning Man, I, the, I felt like I was looking for this forever. I, it was something that I was being searching. And then once you're in there, kind of people say, oh, you're part of this, you're welcome, welcome to the family. And that's, an, that's a good feeling, you know? a good feeling. 
Yeah, there's there's also, and I, I just need to say this because it's something that I feel very strongly about. There are a lot of people who come to Burning Man for many reasons. Like a lot of people are coming because it's it's just becoming popular, because the because the beauty of it, because uh, other friends that have come say like this is was the best thing that has happened to me in my life. Yeah, you really yeah. have to go. So these people come there with more or less preparation or with more or less guidance and really get absorbed into this Burning Man philosophy. And they actually, to some degree, appreciate the, the good vibes and the value of gifting and of doing things for other people just because you are in the world to give your skills and your time and your yeah, yeah. and your abilities to other people and they immediately feel the sensation that it is a nice thing to do and it makes you feel good and then they go back to the default world or like you know for a short time or the, the next time they come to burning man yeah. they start doing this and they start following the principles in my opinion and that i may be i may be a, a some kind of burner Nazi by now, but you need to do this for the right reason. And you need to do this because you understand that gifting is a principle. Like the moment where you are really doing this to feel good about yourself and because it feels amazing to do it and that's your main motivation to, to be a good person or to, to kind of accept, like you're accepting everybody because it makes you feel good. Mm. That is not the real thing like think about it if you are there and you're listening to this because and, and you are following the Burnman principles and you think you're doing it because it makes you feel good think about it and just do it because it's the right thing and yes it, it is still gonna feel amazing but embrace the principles and know that things need to be done in a certain way because that's the right way. And, this, and it's, it's, it's something that's beyond ethics or, or whatever. It's, you know, we live in a world where everything is for sale and everything is marketing and everybody wants you and your talents only if it's good for them or if they can take everything uh, out of it. And, you know, I'm so tired of the, like, especially of the, the fakeness of the DJ world now that Burning Man is becoming such a massive music festival yeah. and, 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 yeah. and, and thousands of people go to Burning Man just because it's a great electronic music party where all the DJs in the world go. But yeah, but it, it is it's also that it is also that it, it, it has become kind of like a like an exchange token. You know, it's like I have an art car, I have a sound system, I have a mm -hmm. cam, you're going to yeah, come you're and play right. and you feel good. And then and then you bring me their play and I feel good. And it's like. But the inner city, the inner, you know, the art card part, the and, and the the upper, the the deep playa at night. Yeah, yeah, I see it. I see it as. Or the, or I'm, I'm not talking about know, the the city is stronger as ever. I think. Exactly, exactly. I'm just I'm just talking about about people who may come to Burnman and they can be into the party scene and the music scene, or not. But just in general, like embrace the principles because they are right. And, and, and make an effort to understand them and, and understand why they are important and do things because it's the right thing and, and try to feel it. And don't do things just because it makes you feel good as your motivation, because a lot of people do that. I and, see. It. And it comes through as, to me, it comes through as fake, 
as forced. And eventually, you know, uh, they, they are only doing things for people that they well, can actually kind of get that feeling back. So if, if I, ha I have to confess in a sense that I'm not as into the principles. I'm, I'm a because I'm a little bit more chaotic. I, I, I like chaos a little bit more. And chaos from Burning Man is amazing. Um, but I see, I see, I see the importance of embracing, embracing uh, these values. These values are transformational in as societies evolve. It, it is good to bring some of these values uh, out, and, and it's another way. It's another test. Uh, uh, there, I'm not saying that like living like this is a solution. But uh, it could it bring another type of society, another type of humanity. Uh, we we get we get so emotional with these things. Let no. me let me lighten up the conversation a little bit now. I think it's it's time. We need that. It's time to to bring uh, another story, which is I can tell you like I've been to Burning Man six times. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's the top moment of my Burning Man, but it's definitely one of my top three moments. In Burning Man and in my life is what you call the story about El Tipi. So it's a tipi, a tipi tent where Ramon and I share this experience. You need to give more details about it because so the way I recall it is I was going back to our camp right after sunrise. It must have been like, you know, 6.30, whatever, like, like the sun had just come up and I saw you walking towards the camp too. And I say hi. And you look at me and you had kind of like a revelation and you said, you and I need to go to a place right now. And I want you to explain your version of this, <laughs> of what, what happened later and then I will tell you what happened. What did you want me to see there? got to see this TP before I took you to the TP. So you walk, like you saw this TP in the corner and you walk inside and there's like eight people playing instruments. So you have to remove your shoes and they had all these symbols of humanity. What do you mean with symbols of humanity? Like what were the symbols? From Catholic and all from a bunch of religions, from the Nazi swastikas, from uh, things that, that related to pain, but also to goodness, also like jewels and... Yeah, like a like a proper energy shrine. Shrine. It was a good energy shrine. There you go. With a with a lot of symbols from from all walks of life. I've, I've seen. I don't know if because of that maybe or before, and I got there because of the reason. But I've been looking for shrines at Burnham. I always on the hunt of some shrines, some symbols, things that. But it, that one was interesting. So I saw him then, and we had some chat, and I was like, hey, well, this is weird. Why are you in front of the biggest sound camp? When a sound camp in Burning Man, to every, for everybody, it's like they have massive speakers with the biggest sound system in the world, with the best engineers, whatever. And they have really nice sound. And But in front of that, they have this tipi. I'm like, well, what is this tipi? Uh, which it was funky they had no food like i asked them hey you guys are okay they were like oh, you have some water you have some some peanuts they were asking for stuff they have no cigarettes they were they were just really having and like why no we we're pay they were paying 
some sort of penance. They were not begging. They were, they were not begging. They were not begging. They didn't care. They didn't care. Okay. But they were paying some sort of weird. Uh, they were doing like a penance, like a penance. Like yeah, a, yeah. They, they were. They were. That was their offering. They they were offering this, and they were happy. They were very happy, and and I started to bring food all the time, and I banana man was complaining, hey, food is disappearing. The food is disappearing, and I started to give him food for like two or three days. So let, let me just say how I recall it. So I was walking back to the camp early in the morning. You just grabbed me without saying many words. It's like, oh, you're here? Perfect. Like, you need to come with me. And we walked into this tent. That was actually a very beautiful tent. I, re I remember it being like, yeah. like the, but it was a, like an Indian teepee tent. Like, you had to kind of kneel down to get in. And they, it had like yeah. kind of kind of like a, like a, like they call it like a mud room, right? Where you remove your shoes and stuff and you leave your stuff. So, so you go in it, everything is clean and beautiful. It's decorated very nicely with these rocks and this shrine and the symbols. And then they have all these instruments like a hang drum pans and bells and like very beautiful harmonic instruments. And they also have like a microphone yeah. connected to a little amp yeah. and you just walk in there and grab one of these harmonically tuned instruments which are amazing it's like the hang pan drum that is it's tuned to a note so even if you don't know how to play instruments you know just like bang around and it sounds beautiful and everything was tuned in the same thing and i think at some point we were like six people and everybody had an instrument and everybody was kind of like playing like a trance. It was a trance. It was like a trance. Yeah. Super was... chill, melodic thing. Uh, like yep. somebody started with the hang drum, picky ping, picky ping, picky ping. Yep. And the other one with the belt. <laughs> and then I remember at some point I had the microphone and I was doing like some, like just like some humming or some mantra. Yeah. Like, some kind of ethnic stuff that just went with those vibes. That was not only because the sound was so beautiful, like the pure energy of that place and the experience that those people had created there. Like you can go in there without knowing any music, but you can yeah. be part of a music group. You can express yourself by adding a note or a rhythm or a pattern to that energy and it is so powerful that it is like like it is weird that you go off beat or you do something that is off mm -hmm. the chart because the energy is so powerful and everything is so perfect in there it's so beautifully curated like they know everything that's there has a purpose and everybody gets the chance to participate and to feel a part of that and for like we were there for a long time like we were yeah, there, for like, we may time. have been there for an hour just yeah. like and you know and you would drop the microphone and grab the other thing and grab another instrument or sometimes you would just sit and admire what people were doing and sometimes we would go like and, and the music would evolve and it was changing and nobody was talking to anybody there was no 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 like nobody was following any partiture like nobody was singing any famous song it was just the sound of those people who were there. Unbelievable. It is really definitely one of the highlights of Burning Man for me, highlights of my life. You know, I've 
also been thinking that if we don't find them, we just need to try to replicate it and try to yeah. do something similar. I agree. I agree. I agree. Let me see if this is my interpretation of, of your playa provides in that moment. But you were super DJ. You were very DJ. Coming from DJing, you were playing, I think you were playing a lot, lot of music for like, I don't know, 12 hours. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and it was a good moment to be, you know, as a DJ. It was a good moment to change the, the, the rhythm. I tell you, that's a player provides moment like for life. Like I will always have that experience with me. And what I really felt like, was just like the energy, like that was the sound of the people, of the energy that is definitely going back to principles, the ultimate immediacy moment, like be present there. Like there, is, there was nothing as powerful as being there for those six or seven people that, that were adding their little grain of sand to that melody for an hour and evolving it. And it was also so chill, you know, like everybody was yeah, yeah. It was very in, a, in a mellow, down-tempo vibe. Everybody was feeling it. Everybody was embracing it. Nobody wanted to leave. Uh, Padre, uh, this conversation has been amazing. Thank you very much for joining me and sharing all these fun stories and discussing all these playa magic topics that we love. And hopefully, if you have ever been to Burning Man, you get motivated and you want to contact us to share your story. You can go to playaprovides.com or send me an email to playaprovidespodcast at gmail.com. And if you have never been to Burning Man, you don't even know what Burning Man was. I hope that we shed some light or at least spark some curiosity. <laughs> and you want to learn more about it. Also, get in touch, be a part of this Playa Provides movement. So thank you very much, Padre. Oh, thank you, Pincho. And yeah, we'll be... Bendiciones a todo el mundo. Bendiciones. Bendiciones. We'll see you all very soon. And remember, everything about Burning Man sucks, except Burning Man. <laughs>